question. Thank you, Mark. Um, so firstly, it's a real privilege to be here um, with you guys this morning. And let me just check the clock because I'm not allowed to be on Malawi time anymore, right? Just before 20. Okay, I've got a maximum 10 minutes. So if I go over, please wave. Um, just before I share, I just felt uh, when we were praying before the service, um, I just, it, you know when you get a simple word from God and you're like, God, is that you? It's just so simple. But I've just learned just to step out and so I'll have a go. Um, yeah, I just felt that God wanted to say to someone, encourage someone, that he's, there's so much more to him than, than you uh, know or have experienced so far. I mean, God is obviously infinite, but um, we can so easily box him in. And um, he's so multifaceted. And on one end of the spectrum, we can be just down on our faces in the most holy of holy moments of worship. And he can be our king of kings on the other end of the spectrum. He's our heavenly dad who just picks us up and throws us on his lap and holds us tight and hugs us and plays and, um, and everything else in between that's good. So I, I don't know if that encourages someone, but um, hopefully it does. Um, so just, yeah, a little bit about us, because obviously we're strangers to most of you. Um, so Mark and I have been part of Vineyard for uh, over 16 years now. Uh, we first joined we were helped to um uh kind of replant a small vineyard um in the midlands and we were merrily going on in life and church leadership and um the very short version is god was like right now you're going to move to malawi and as mark said we um we thought it was going to be the capital city um so when we got kind of connected with these guys at uh, the national leaders conference at first we were like well we're off to the capital but um god has uh, his way of showing us what his plans are, and, and that was Blantyre. So we really believe that that was a God connection for us meeting these guys because we probably wouldn't have found the church um, had we not met these guys in England because it's, it's now down a mud track in the middle of a village, um, so it's not the easiest place to find. And, and we had um, a wonderful time being part of that church family and, uh, and then were invited to join the leadership and, and serve in that uh, church as well. So, um, yeah, we're just so thankful that Mark and I were connected to um, this Mark and, and Jill. And um, we, we have one particular family that's really in common with the both of us. And um, uh, they're called Jonah and Lindley. And, and when we joined the church, God just gave us such a heart for this uh, young Malawian man. Well, not young, he's in his early 40s now, which is young. Um, yeah, and, and so we just, um, I suppose, carried on a bit of what Mark and Jill were doing. We just really poured into um, him and uh, mentored him every week. Um, yeah, I and mean, it was just a privilege just to kind of watch him grow in front of our eyes um, and, yeah, the whole family. So we, we love them dearly. We call them our Malarian family. But uh, in terms of what else we were doing out there, we were, um, the thing we did the most was we were writing and delivering um, pastors training to um, two different groups of rural church pastors. Um, and that was a, a hard slog at times, but a privilege um, to be able to just sow some truth in week out, week out to these pastors who, to be honest, had never had any training. And um, you, you start simple there. We literally started with the gospel to make sure they had all heard the gospel and were saved. And, um, yeah, started very basic and just built up over the, the three and a half years we were there. 
Uh, we also offered um, uh, Sozo um, over there. Um, for those of you who've not heard of it, it's an inner healing ministry. Uh, we've got a real passion for people to get healed up in their heart. We love praying for physical healing, but seeing people healed up in here and in here and just seeing their life transformed, um, we just love that. So um, that was something else that we offered um, to anybody. So we had a, a mixture of people from all different churches, Malawians, but also different expats and missionaries. And um, yeah, we love just seeing God intimately meet with people and um, yeah, blow their minds with how much he loves them. Um, we also, one of our favorite things, God also asked us to um, create a space for people to encounter God. A lot of people in Malawi know God up here as a, a fact or kind of a religious thing, but to actually personally um, encounter him for themselves is quite a rare thing. So the only space we had was our home. So we just opened our doors, kind of got the message out and said, we're going to put on some worship and no preach, nothing. We're just going to welcome God and see what happens. And uh, we had a blast. Uh, one Saturday night in Menth, um, the we loved everyone that came, but we particularly loved, uh, there was a good group, solid group of uh, Malawians in their 20s. And uh, yeah, we just had a ball with God. Um, he just turned up in power. It was um, every month without fail, we had bodies on the ground in the best way possible. Um, people just growing in the prophetic, stepping out in um, words of knowledge and wisdom and um, healings, deliverances sometimes, um, just just absolute fun. And we have the privilege of handing that over to um, two of these young Malawians over there who just, um, yeah, just love God and want the kingdom of God to come to Blantyre and um, are passionate about his presence. So it's a privilege and a joy to hand that on. Uh, to them. Uh, we also uh, mentored a few other kind of church leaders in the city on a one-to-one -one basis. Um, is that it? I think that's pretty much it. <laughs> uh, so we did a mixture of things which kept us, um, kept us busy and then to our great surprise, um, whilst we were in the midst of everything just going really well, living life, God said right now it's time to come back home and that wasn't really what we wanted to hear. Uh, so we had a dialogue with God and he won, here we are. <laughs> Um, but the best place to be um, if you're going to have an adventure with God is in the center of his will. Um, so we came back in July, and um, just having a few months out before we step out into the, um, the next adventure, which is going to be um, here. But we know our relationship with Malawi is not over. God gave us that uh, comfort as we were leaving, so we, we look forward at some point to, to start going back for visits. So I think I will wrap it up there. It's definitely under my 10 minutes. <laughs> um, yep, so I'm seeing some sign language going on there. Um, okay, yes. Um, yeah, but again, thank you so much for having us here. Yeah, so, um, yeah, God just blows your mind. We, one of these, she's a... I don't know, like a powerhouse young woman for God, this, this Malawian lady. And um, she was coming. She was one of the, the first ones who was coming. And then uh, God called her to move back to the capital city. We were gutted. We were like, oh, you're like amazing. We wanted you to stay. And um, uh, she, she was back in Blantyre for a wedding or something, like a wedding. And, and thankfully, it happened to coincide with our encounter night that month. And um, 
Mark probably remember them in detail more than I, but essentially during the worship, God said to her to start one of these in the capital city. And, and I think then someone then had a prophetic word for her just after the worship to do that. So, um, yeah, so we were joining with her in prayer for a venue because she doesn't have her own home. Um, she lives with family, um, and she's been given a space free of charge to, to hold the encounter night. So, um, yeah, we're really excited about that um, that starting off. Um, and there might be one in Canada starting with a young Malawian lady. She's um, started a few. Um, so, yeah, it's amazing. When you just step out, you just open up your house. You have no idea what <laughs> the repercussions might be. Good. I, I, I never quite know. Having lived in Malawi, microphones, who needs them? So it's all a bit, <laughs> it's all a bit new and fresh having these microphones on. It has been an honour and a pleasure for, to be invited uh, to come and share a little bit about us and share something of, of the word with you guys this morning. So Mark's prayed, many people have prayed, but let's, let's just pray again, shall we? Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you that you are here with us. Father, we thank you that we have the privilege of meeting with you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your life-changing word. Father, I ask that as the word is opened up this morning, God, that you would speak into our hearts, you would transform our lives through the power of your word. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Amen. So I want to talk this morning, um, I want to talk about the goodness of God. Uh, I, I don't know what your thought, what comes to mind when you think about the goodness of God. Maybe you think, well, actually, I'm not really sure God is good. Who's had that thought? God's not really good. I'm going through this, this circumstance, and it's rubbish. So how can God be good? I, maybe I'm the only one. Maybe I'm the only one. Absolutely. But I want to ask, how, so how do we judge the goodness of God? How do we judge whether God is good or whether God is not good? Do we judge his goodness by how he deals with our circumstances? So if he comes through with us, for us, then God is good. But if he doesn't, then, well, clearly God is not good. Maybe we're sick. And, you know, if God heals us, he's good. But if he doesn't heal us and I carry on in my infirmity, maybe he's not so good. How, how do we judge his goodness? I saw, um, I saw a status a couple of years ago uh, in Malawi. Sorry, I walk around. I'm sorry. <laughs> so I was, I was told they need to take a photo for the website, and so I need to stop walking. <laughs> so um, I can't do it. So I saw a status on Facebook a while ago that said, um, God healed me. God is good. And it struck me. If you weren't healed... You know, this person who put that status, if they weren't healed, would they have still put, God is good? I think, if I'm honest, for me, I might have declined putting that phrase until I was healed. So I want to ask you, what does the goodness of God look like? Firstly, let's remind ourselves, actually, his goodness is part of his nature. It's part of who he is. In other words, God can be nothing other than good. Even when things don't go right, even when we remain sick, even when we remain um, struggling to pay our bills, whatever the circumstances are, 
The truth is, he remains good. That's who he is, it's his nature. Just, I'm sure we'd all say, God is love. But the truth is, God is good. Despite what goes on in our lives, despite our circumstances. So no matter how he deals in any given circumstance, no matter how he deals with us in what we're going through, he remains good. As I say, it's his nature, and so he can't stop being good. He can't choose... Obviously, God doesn't wake up in the morning, but he doesn't wake up in the morning and think, now then, will I be good today? Ah, I don't think I'll bother. Or, you know, Laura, I'll pick on Laura because she can take it. Laura, you've not been so good, so therefore I'm not going to be good to you. That's not how he is. God is good, full stop, end of story. So how do we work it through? How do we think about when God, you know, when he doesn't come through, how do we tie up this whole thing? Well, God is good, but how does that work in our minds? What is our response in the times when God doesn't come through? I'm sure there's all, we've all got times when God hasn't come through. And maybe. Anyway, I want to I look at our first verse, Psalm 34. It may be on the screen, it may not. Psalm 34, verse 89. I apologise, the version on the screen is... Um, um, from the NIV, but I'm going to read the message to you because I just love the message. It says, open your mouth and taste. Open your eyes and see how good God is. Blessed are you who run to him. Now verse 9, worship God if you want the best. Worship opens the door to his goodness. I'm going to talk a little bit about that later. But the NIV, as you saw, verse 8 says, taste and see that the Lord is good. I heard someone once say that when we taste something, we experience it. And to see something, you actually then begin to understand what it is. Um, So this chocolate, let's take this chocolate. If I said to you, in order to experience this chocolate and all that it has, You've got to taste it. You've got to unwrap the wrap and you've got to put it in your mouth and taste it and understand the goodness of the Cadbury's chocolate. And it happens to be a cream egg, which is my favourite, so I'm going to nick that. I didn't take one earlier. But we have to experience it, by, and we do that by tasting it. Yeah? And then once we've tasted this chocolate, then we understand how good Cadbury's chocolate really is. Laura loves, Laura loves Galaxy. She kind of had been wrong. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> but you only, only after you've experienced something can you begin to understand something. Yeah? So we've experienced Malawi, so we understand what life is like in Malawi. And, and I'm sure that's true on many different levels. So as we experience his goodness, so we can begin to understand his goodness, because experience leads to understanding. And when we both experience his goodness and understand his goodness, then our perception begins to change. And so we're able to see um, our situations through the lens of his goodness. I think so often we allow 
our circumstances to dictate the goodness of God. So I've not been healed, so therefore we dictate his goodness as, ah, it's not very good really, is he? But we need to start to see our situation through the lens of his goodness. We need to see the things that, that we struggle with through that, that visual of actually God is good. Because then we can begin to see things differently. You know, so for example, my glasses, I need glasses to be able to see. If I take them off, I can't, you're all a bit blurry. And I can't see my notes, so I'm going to put them back on. But actually when I put my glasses on, I begin to see things, things are much clearer. And so when we look at situations through the glasses or the lens of his goodness, then we can actually begin to understand and see that actually that circumstance is not as bad as what we, what we think it is. Why? Because he is in control. So how do we experience his goodness? How do we, how do we begin to, to, on this journey of, of uh, experiencing to understand Verse 9 in the message says it, worship. Worship. When we worship, truly worship, we actually focus on him. I was, I was at David's tent myself and I, I really felt like God said to me, you know, very often when we worship, we're kind of half worshipping and the rest of our mind is on whatever it is we're thinking about, the problem that we're facing or whatever it might be, but actually when we truly worship God, truly, to truly worship God is to put our eyes totally and utterly focused on him. Let's face it, he is worthy of all of our worship. And actually, unless we worship him with everything, actually, I felt like God's challenged me and saying, actually, if you don't do that, you're not worshipping me. You either give him full worship we don't give him any worship. By worshipping, we focus on him. And when we're focused on him, we're not focused on our circumstances. So then when we've come, come away from that worship, our, something, something of our eyes have been transformed and our understanding has been transformed. And so we can then begin to see our circumstance through the place of being, of worshipping, through the lens of, of who he is. So as I say, so often his, his goodness is up here, but very often we allow our circumstances to rise above it. Um, and we need to start to allow his goodness to dictate to our circumstances and not the other way around. Not allow our circumstances to dictate who he is and his goodness, but actually allow his goodness to dictate to our circumstances. And let his goodness change our understanding of, of what it is that we're facing. So, we all know God doesn't always come through. Obviously, he does always come through, but in our own understanding, mm, I'm not sure he's really come through. You know, I'm still not healed, I've still got this circumstance, I've still got this problem, my car's still broken down, whatever it might be. So... So what does, it, what does God want to teach us through those circumstances that he hasn't yet come through for us? I think sometimes it's just an opportunity for us to learn something about him. Uh, or maybe for him to demonstrate something of who he is. I want to encourage us, 
when we're in that situation, just to continue to worship him and continue to recognise that actually he is good, despite of anything else. Psalm 23 verse 6 says, Goodness and mercy shall follow me. And I love this because it's got the idea that his intense love for us or his goodness is pursuing me. It's coming after me. It's chasing me. Um, we've all seen the animal David Attenborough programmes where, where a, a cat, it's generally a big cat, isn't it, who's pursuing its prey, stealth-like, but it's focused completely and utterly on its prey. No matter what it might be, nothing is going to detract the, the cat from getting its prey and chasing down its prey. It's completely focused. And this is the idea here. His goodness is so focused on us, his love is so focused on us, that he's not detracted from it. He's not like, oh, oh there's coffee over here. But he's so focused on, on us and pursuing us. Nahum. Everybody goes to Nahum, don't they, for, for a good Bible verse. Uh, it's in the Old Testament, if you don't know where it is. Nahum 1, verse 7. It says, the Lord is good, a refuge in times of trouble. He cares for those who trust in him. So just, as, just for that previous um, psalm, Psalm 23, gave us the idea that he pursues us. This, this, this idea in Nahum, the Lord is good, is a refuge in times of trouble. Actually, we can actually hide in his presence. We can hide completely in him so that the circumstances can't see us because his goodness is surrounding me. So not only does he pursue us, he gives us the opportunity to actually hide in him so that nobody, nothing can see us. When it's, when it's really cold, we'll wrap ourselves in a duvet, don't we, to try and keep warm. That's his goodness. He wraps us. He surrounds us in order that harm cannot come to us. He's a refuge in times of trouble. He is good and he is a refuge. And allow his goodness to surround us as we, as we go through. Last verse, Psalm 31, 19. Oh, how great is your goodness, which you have laid up for those who fear you or, or worship you. So how great is your goodness which you've laid up for those who worship you, which you have prepared for those who trust you in the presence of sons and men. So the biblical idea of the goodness of God actually incorporates every single area of our lives. It's not just the spiritual area, it's the physical, it's the emotional, it's the mental. Every, every part of our life, he is interested in every aspect. And he wants his goodness to envelop every part of that. He is interested in every aspect, as I say. And just because something doesn't appear to work out, whatever it might be, physically, mentally, whatever, his goodness remains. And I want to therefore encourage us that actually, let's just, let's worship him, as, as Psalm 34 said, let's worship him so we can experience something of his goodness. It said, worship God if you want the best, because worship opens the door to his goodness. Things aren't working out, worship God. 
things are working out. Worship God. Obviously we do that. Obviously. The goodness of God is not at the mercy of our circumstances. But is actually rooted in the eternal. God's goodness is eternal and cannot be dictated to by our circumstances. But it's the other way around. Our circumstances are dictated by his goodness because he and his eternal nature is good. The goodness of God ultimately is seen at the cross. At the victory of the cross. At the victory of Jesus. And it's played out through the resurrection power that's actually at work in each and every one of us. God is always good. And our circumstances do not dictate his goodness. I want to encourage encourage us to allow his goodness to dictate to our circumstances. And we experience his goodness simply through worship. By worshipping him despite what's going on.